everybody. What's going on? And welcome to Dealer News Today in partnership with the cool folks over at Cox Automotive. I am your host, Derek D. And I tell you, I appreciate you being here. Hope you are having a great day wherever you are. And that, you know, well, your weather is a lot better than mine. I'm currently in snow-covered Jersey, which is fine. I love snow, you know, if it's Christmas time and I'm snowboarding on it. But right now, it's just cold and wet out there. But uh, I tell you, in here, we got a good one for you today. Featuring a guest who's been all over the automotive industry. I'm talking from a salesman on the showroom floor all the way up to the now vice president of sales for Cox Automotive. Dealing with brands like Dealer.com, Vin Solutions, Auto Trader. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chase Abbott to the show. Derek, thanks so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. Pleasure's all on this side of the microphone. So for people listening out there, Chase, uh, how are you? Where are you from? I'm, I'm good. I, I, I'm actually uh, living in Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, born and raised there. And, and uh, go Chiefs uh, for the weekend, for the big game coming up. But Yeah, uh, I was about to say, Kansas City. Yeah, are you a big Mahomes guy? Are you originally from Kansas City? Uh, yeah, born and raised, and I'm a season ticket holder for the Chiefs, and uh, which hasn't mean much this last year. Uh, but in the years past, it has meant something. And uh but no, we're we're extremely excited to to see that, and, and uh, obviously being a Kansas City native, yeah, it's pretty cool times for us right now with our sports team there. So absolutely, that's pretty awesome. Crazy year, but uh, great that football was able to endure. Because I'm a big football fan, Giants fan, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah, um, well, you've had some decent ones in the last, you know, few years, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, now that is true. We got some Super Bowls under our belt, which is good. Rebuilding years, rebuilding years. But hey, you know. We'll see what next year brings. Hopefully, we can actually go to games. But this isn't a football podcast. It's uh, dealer news today. And uh, you know a lot about the automotive industry and dealerships and stuff. You're the vice president of sales for Cox Automotive. What does that actually entail? I know there's a lot of other brands under there, like Vin Solutions and things like that. I want to kind of just elaborate on that real quick for people that... and. Uh, people that may not know. Yeah. So I'm the vice president of sales and, and you're right at Cox Automotive, but we have a, a host of brands, a portfolio of brands. So I run sales for a couple of those brands. One, uh, Vin Solutions is one of those, our CRM technology. And then also uh, for dealer.com, uh, the number one website provider for franchise dealerships in the country, which includes things like digital retailing and a lot of other things like that, that, that go in with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dealer.com, that is big. That's it. That's like one of the biggest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as franchise sites go, yeah, by by some margin. So we uh, we've got a lot of data and a lot of insights, um, you know, through those websites as, as well as our other properties at Cox Auto. You know, we have Auto Trader. Uh, I know everybody's heard of that one. Uh, Kelly yep. Blue Book. Uh, you know, Mannheim, and we've got a lot of uh, you know the whole cycle from automotive from you know the first ad you see until you actually sign the the paperwork. Uh, we kind of facilitate every every facet of that uh, for dealers across the country. For sure. How long have you been in the automotive industry? Uh, since 2003. Gosh, it seems like so long ago. Um, I started in uh, retail car sales then, and I sold 20 cars my first month. And they said, hey, uh, uh, big guy, uh, you can type. Why don't you be our internet manager? Uh, oh. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> in 2003, that was pretty much the only prerequisite. Um, and so I went into internet and learned the business that way, uh, which we, we were really pioneering internet back then. Sure. Uh, 
and uh, it was pretty cool to be in an internet office for a few years there. But uh, yeah, worked my way through the chairs, uh, uh, new car, used car, uh, F&I, uh, GSM, and just basically learned the entire business at one store uh, at a dealership group here in Kansas City. And then um, I started at a little startup, uh, like I was employee number 20 something uh, wow. at Vin Solutions uh, in 2008. And uh, which was later purchased uh, three years later by Cox Auto uh, in 2011. And, you know, Cox Auto was kind of formed uh, in 15 uh, with purchases like V Auto, X Time, Dealer Track, uh, you know, to really kind of put together the portfolio. And uh, have been working with those guys and have had the pleasure of running Vin Solutions, Dealer.com. I ran the Dealer Track FI business uh, as well. And, and really, um, you know, in the process now of, of, of putting these products together for our dealers and, and better integrations and more leverage uh, on their competition and more insights on their customers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, you've been in the game for what, basically two decades and on both sides of it, you've sold used cars, new cars, and now you're on the more corporate side, I guess you could say, but you can relate to each side and understand the industry better being on both ends. Yeah, there's a language there, right? If I tell sure. you a sled just pulled up outside, somebody from the not from the car business might think Santa is there. <laughs> uh, I will tell you it's a wholesale piece, uh, right? So there, there's a whole um, interesting knowledge know base uh, when you talk to a car dealer. And I think it really helps uh, myself and my sellers uh, to have been in their shoes and to have run departments uh, in stores and so that they can relate to the issues and understand the speak just a little bit better. So, yeah, for sure. And he said you were at a startup. Uh, I was at a startup myself um, back in 2008, hosting a show called Fast Lane Daily, a daily show about car news. And uh, it lasted uh, nine years until it was almost nine years till it was uh, canceled. But hey, I know all about the, the it was I remember being like Internet television that's not going to work and who's going to watch about car daily car news but we made it funny and interesting and that's a whole nother story but let's get back to you i just was saying i'm familiar it's funny you said because i remember my car my my owner my dealer principal saying when i was trying to get a website done in 2004 and he was like nobody's gonna ever buy cars through a damn website you know and i'm just like wow i classic. need to call him today and have another conversation Cla classic uh higher up saying no one's gonna do that we gotta go the old way yeah you know man. oh I man that with my paper stock sheet and my three by five index card crm box yeah there you there you go who's laughing now all right chase but how about this in a nutshell how do you think dealerships have responded to the challenges of, of 2020, obviously the biggest challenge being COVID. I think they responded pretty darn well. You know, we had a surge with digital retailing, you know, when the pandemic hit in March and April, uh, we sold a tremendous amount of digital retailing to dealers. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's an indicator because a lot, what that means is a lot of folks were hesitant to buy digital retailing, you know, pre-pandemic, right? And so, I think once it hit and, and, you know, they didn't have showrooms that were full of folks anymore, you know, they wanted to start selling cars online, but they kind of, some of them went about it, you know, kind of begrudgingly. Um, and so I think we've got to still, we still have to work ahead uh, to change uh, hearts and minds there about, you know, what doing a car deal looks like today. Um, and five or, or, or 10 years from now. And, and, and alarming, you know, we're seeing a stat right now that 49% of dealers plan to, you know, go away from digital retailing uh, when, quote, unquote, you know, quote, things get back to normal. Unquote, really? Right. 
Yeah. And so um, I think that that's an indicator that, you know, as an industry, sometimes kind of like the story I just told you about my dealer principal, um, you know, we're laggards uh, sometimes on this technology. And, you know, even in the face of companies like Carvana taking share or Vroom taking share and paving the way to mm. some extent for that online transaction, or at least a bigger percentage of the deal happening online, you know, with still having laggard uh, mentality there, I think it's going to be hard for some of those dealers to compete that are just worrying about keeping the doors open versus opening more doors. Yeah, I, I think it's you, you need both, right? I, I feel like that because of COVID, even though COVID was a terrible thing, but it really opened the eyes of, of what you can do online and buying cars online. And I think opened the eyes a lot to, you know, uh, uh, how do I put this, older folks who aren't necessarily used to that, but they're like, hey, we need a car, we need a used car. How are we going to do this? We can't go to the dealership. And they were forced to get on their computers and, oh, wow, realize, wow, this is pretty cool. I could do everything right here. Whereas the younger generations are like, no, we're down with that all the time. So maybe... I don't know if these dealerships are possibly thinking that, you know, they want to still cater to the, the that old school mentality. But I think going forward, you would just need to do both and do both well. Yeah, you need to do all of it. Why would you cut yourself out, you know, from a spot where sales reside? You know, why wouldn't yeah. you want to do traditionalist? Why wouldn't you want to do hybrid? Why wouldn't you want to try to drive towards fully digital and cover all of those bases so that, your volume, your bottom line at the end of the month is better than it would have been, right? We have to adapt and evolve to compete with, you know, the Carvanas of the world, if you will. And I think dealerships are in a really good spot to do that. They know the stories on the cars. They have the the the, the storytelling capacity there. Um, and, you know, you can't buy a new car on those sites. So they're still the exclusive place to go if you want a new vehicle, um, and, and that's a pretty powerful thing right now. And, and, uh, we need to make sure that we capitalize on that as dealers to, to, to go against, you know, companies that are taking share from them, like the ones I spoke about earlier. Yeah. So, well, so basically what you're saying and what have uh, other people I've interviewed on the show have said is that the auto industry actually did really well during COVID, um, w- which was a terrible thing for because of COVID came, but also was a, was a good thing for a lot of businesses, including the automotive industry. What does that say about the outlook for 2021 and going forward? Is it kind of what we already talked about? Like, you know, obviously online sales went up a lot. Uh, you think they're going to stay there or because like you said, some dealerships are going to maybe fall back to not doing online. Is it, is that number going to go down or sales going to go down? What do you think for 2021? I don't think so. I mean, all the indicators we have, they, they just keep going up. Yeah. You know, the online metrics. Right. And I think part of the reason, you know, and some of the reason looking uh, back at myself is, you know, we as vendors have a responsibility to give dealers flexibility on how, you know, digital retailing gets done or how to get control of an online consumer and providing them flexibility around how they display their products, how they show it off. Because no two sales are the same, even if you show up in store at a dealer, right? They're they're going to be a little different and still accomplishing the same goal, though. So what you find out when you do dealership software is like, hey, look, everybody wants to do this, but there's 13 different ways, you know, to get there, depending on which dealer you talk to. Right. So I think as vendors, we have a responsibility to, to get more flexibility on that and not give us, a, you know, some of these vendors have one path to digital retailing, which there's not a lot of flexibility in. And if the dealer doesn't agree with that path, well, what's going to happen with adoption? Right. Mm. It's, 
it's not going to be what it needs to be. And you can't just throw a widget on your website, uh, you know, and hope for the best. Um, and, and the other thing I would say, you know, we're seeing some really tremendous gains with AI type technologies that are now in automotive. And basically what's happened. Yeah, I was, was going to ask you about that next. Yeah. So basically what's happened is, is, you know, the dealers are used to having a, a showroom full of customers and it's easy to spot the social cues when that's going on. I know if they don't like the color. I know if there's an issue with the payment. I know if they can't swing the down, they're right there. I can read everything. I have yeah. a tremendous amount of control. Well, now with all of that same behavior still happening, but moving online, dealers, some dealers are blind. Can't get a read. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm on the wrong car. I don't know if I put the wrong payment out there. It's kind of like hope and, and, and just spray it out there and hope that you get conversion. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's a tremendous uh, issue. And tools like AI are allowing dealers to regain some of that control. And what I mean is, is when all these shoppers are online, they're leaving a footprint of trailer breadcrumbs on every single thing that they're clicking on, searching for, looking Of what at. they want, right? You're saying like uh, they, blue, they want a, a more powerful engine. They want this or that, yeah. Or I'm extremely likely to buy a Nissan and brand True. loyalty brand. is important, right? And there's all these cues. And so the issue was, is there wasn't a tool, you know, we could get you that website data. Here's all the stuff they clicked on. It's 2000 URLs, good luck. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, yeah. okay, well, I can't make any sense of this. And so tools like AI are now, you know, measuring all of those 2000 visits and leveling up trend lines in that data to give us insights on what they're looking at. And meaning if they've only clicked on Nissans, don't send them a vehicle or an email about a vehicle on a, for a Ford. Yeah. Right? We know that they're extremely loyal to Nissan. Now, there may be some more variance in the model, right? Um, you know, they could be stuck between an Altima and a Maxima, right? But I want to know all those things when I follow up. And I don't have time to read 2,000 lines of code. So <laughs> Who does? <laughs> right. And who would want to? That's terrible. That's yeah. not a good culture fit for anybody. No. So we've got to outsource it to technology. And, you know, now they're analyzing all that lines of behavior and they're telling us things like, look, this customer is extremely likely to buy a Nissan. They're extremely likely to buy a Maxima, let's say. So if I'm a Honda dealer and I get a lead in on a Accord, but I know from the AI data that they're extremely likely to buy a Nissan, they may just be checking the closest competitor for a price or maybe to use it to get a better price. But Honestly, if I knew that, wouldn't I want to drop in some pre-owned Maximas if I had one on my lot, right? And stay yeah. relevant in that consumer's eyes can say, well, I just thought they were a Honda store. I didn't even know they had Nissans. I've had, I don't know how, how many times I've had a customer say that to me. Well, I'm like, what's well, a used car lot? They have everything, right? So, but, but, you know, if we can put that in front of them, if we can stay relevant in the customer's eyes, there's a lot higher chance for conversion. And without tools like AI, you just have no idea. You're just on the wrong car and you're just sending leads on the wrong car. And eventually they say, hey, I bought another car. Yeah. And, and, and the, that ship is sailed, right? So we're seeing a lot of good attribution come out of tools like AI. And, and that's kind of the first probe into it. And we're doing some other great stuff with it now, but we've seen tremendous success, uh, you know, giving dealers access 
to this kind of pre-conversion market, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, AI, that's obviously a huge example of technology that has just created a lot of you know, big retail advantages like you just explained. And I, I was thinking when you were talking about that, you know, talking about buying used cars or brand new cars. Here's, here's just a caveat for me that I think where the technology needs to advance to. You know when you go to the dealership and then you're in the room after you make the deal and you're signing all that paperwork? You know that long piece of paper that comes out of that printer that looks like it's a 1985? You know what I'm talking why do they still use that? It's 2021. Can we can we get past that piece of paper and that old printer and just make it a lot easier? Yeah, I, was, I, know I don't know that. why I thought I about that. that in the moment, but I'm like, technology, why do they still use that? Yeah, that is an old dot matrix printer. And yeah. that sound still haunts my dreams uh, to this day. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you, it's not as easy as it sounds, you know, as a as the guy that runs a digital retailing business for sales. We're constantly trying to do complete signing ceremonies. But what mm -hmm. you run into when you try to just think, hey, I'm going to do an e-signature. We're going to send it to the state and it's going to fly. What you'll run into is 50 states do things 50 different ways. Some of them are very progressive. Right. Some of them are extremely laggard and will not accept anything but wet signatures. And so, you know, to make sure that you cover all the bases, you always have a deal you can fund the dot matrix printer lives on, right? But as we, you know, change the narrative, what it means to buy a car online, you know, these states are going to have to, um, you know, start evolving because it's not just the dealers asking now, it's the consumers asking as well. Right. Yeah, I just thought that was, that was interesting because we're talking about all this AI, artificial intelligence, how technology is moving forward. And I'm like, wait a second. You know, every time I've bought a car, I was just with my mom helped, you know, I was with her when she bought her new car. It's that same old printer. But yeah, like we you said, it makes sense. Them. I can get you a quote for one right now. <laughs> what are they, 10 bucks? <laughs> 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 so so anyway, you're saying artificial intelligence, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, all that data sounds really great for dealerships and obviously for sales, the bottom line. And how are how are you protecting the privacy of customers in that situation, though? Is like all their information just flat out there like how do they get protected in this situation no no it's only really what they give us on their shopping journey so we'll have some stuff with um you know uh, householding data who lives with who but we really protect the you know we don't really care about what the consumer is doing unless it pertains to buying a car so we're just looking at it and, and one of the other ways we're doing it is because cox auto has three of the biggest websites uh in automotive with dealer.com auto trader and kelly mm. The odds of us having user data, uh, behavioral data on consumers is extremely high mm. because the odds are they're going to go to KBB to get their trade evaluated. They're going to go to AutoTrader to shop all the cars, right? Or yeah. they may go to the franchise dealer website, which we have you know, around 10,000 with dealer.com right now. So the odds of us having you know, um, data on those consumers uh, are really good. And it allows us to cater really you know not throw their privacy to the wind but really cater to their efficiency and when you see like 40 million users on spotify you know using ai daily because it's serving up you know songs that i like based off of what i've listened to hmm. or amazon's recommendation page you know it's responsible for 35 percent of that company's revenue and that's all an ai driven algorithm based off of what you've purchased in the past and, and so when you look at stats like that, 
Um, you know, it's hard for me if I was running a store today not to take a good look at AI because yeah. we, we have to go online. We know that. And when you go online, you have to scale. And AI is allowing folks to scale online. If I couldn't give you a more zoomed out look at what AI does, mm. it allows you to scale. It allows you to make sure that you have efficiencies in place and that nothing falls through the cracks every time while taking in consumer response, which is the new part. You, you'd always set a process before, yeah, right? But now we can change the process, adapt the process based on what the customer's giving back to us, right? Whether that's in a lead form or whether it's just their behavioral data that they're logging through their web visits. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a good way to... Uh to explain it, the comparison, like, you know, you're on Amazon, you shop for these things, they give you more examples of, you know, of those things that are similar, same with Spotify, the music you like to listen to, or Pandora, whatever that is. So basically, that's what the automotive industry is doing. It's like, oh, you like these kind of cars, we take that information, and we use it to basically help them. But it also helps you as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's all with their best interest in mind. And yeah. immediately they go to creepy town and like, this is bad. What are you doing tracking me? But like, hey, look, the whole point of this thing is so that you have less headache. All the tools. Absolutely. And it takes, you know, around today in the dealership, CSI plummets after 90 minutes, an hour and a half. But the average car deal takes just over three hours. Yeah. So we have to do a better job. Uh, you know, it's not a house, right? And I get that, but it's also not a, you know, a can of glass cleaner, right? I mean, it's, you know, it should it's a take process. a little bit of time, but I want to do those things on my own accord. And, and dealerships have to realize the fact that they've got to put themselves out there a little bit more and they have to relinquish control a little bit more in order to keep the volumes that they're used to. And I think they have a hard time with that. Yeah, but I think that's a good way of of, uh, of explaining it. And uh, you know, I, I I think moving forward, definitely that's the the, the best way to go. I, I think you're right. It does take, you know, about three hours to to finish a deal. It'd be great if that could be a little quicker. Obviously, it's not going to be as quick as three minutes. But if there's a, a sweet spot in the middle of that where you can use AI to hurry that process up. I think that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it, at the end of the day, if I can do more stuff online. So when I, I it, look and somebody asked me in a, in a meeting the other day, you know, who enjoys going to a car dealership for three hours? And I was the only one in the room that raised my hand because <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. Um, cause you know, I love being a third baseman cause I used to have people third baseball me all the time. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so that's always fun for me, but the majority 99.9% do not want to spend three or four hours on a Saturday. They just don't. They want to knock that stuff out. And look, they want to still come in and test drive it, or they want to come in and, and smell the leather and look at the paint color. Well, there is an excitement to it for sure. Going to the dealership, absolutely. I do agree with that. Like, And I want them to, you know, but at the yeah. end of the day, I mean, sitting there while I process the credit app, you know, isn't necessary. Sitting there while I go get your trade VIN, that, that's not necessary anymore. All that stuff can be done ahead of time online yeah. with a much easier, you know, process for the consumer. And I think, you know, if you zoom way out, I think dealers really have to do that. Just like Bezos says from Amazon, we have to ex obsess over the customer experience first mm. and, and often. And if you can get that, what does this look like for, you know, people in my town trying to buy a car for me? And if we look at it from that lens versus, how I know it should go based off tradition and historical data, 
I think we'll be in a better seat uh, to look at the future from. Yeah, and that will keep people happy, I think. You know, the more streamlined you can get it and the more the more, uh, the more fun you can make it, I think, is the best, uh, is the best way to do it. And uh, Chase, I appreciate you coming on the show. Chase Abbott, everybody, thanks for coming on Dealer News today and uh, imparting your wisdom as you did. And I hope your uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, do pretty well in the, in the Super Bowl. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll need all the help we can get against Brady. So. Yeah, pretty amazing that he's back in there, you know, with a different team. Hey, the Giants beat him. I think we can too. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we did it twice. And uh, we're only people to do that twice. But uh, again, Chase Abbott, thanks for coming on the show. Anything else you'd like to add? No, man, just uh, thanks for the time. Thanks for all the great things you guys do over there. Really appreciate you having me on. And uh, maybe we can get another one set up in the future. We've got more new technology coming out that uh, will help us all in this arena. Ain't that the truth. Thanks, Chase. Yep. Thanks, Derek. Chase Abbott, folks. And uh, just a heads up, I know we weren't able to be at NADA this year. No one was, you know, because of that jerk named COVID-19. But you can enjoy the virtual Cox Automotive Experience. It's an event that's on demand for demonstrations, speaking webinars, and a whole lot more at coxautoinc.com slash experience. That's coxautoinc.com slash experience. And, you know, you can create the shopping experience your customers want. So go check that out. This is Dealer News Today, brought to you by Cox Automotive in partnership with the Dave Canton Group. Be sure to follow DNT on social media. I'm Derek D., Thanks for listening, everybody. And hey, if you'd like to check me out, all my stuff is at DerekD.com. See you later, everybody.